but I think it really comes down to a desire to want to change your life. You can use adversity as an anchor that weighs you down and let that weigh you down and live in that victim mindset, that victim bubble, this was done to me. Or you can use that, you can use adversity as motivation, the ignition that's going to light up your life and motivate you to change. Hey, what's up? What is going on? Welcome to another episode of Hey Mark, the podcast where I, Mark, get to have open and authentic conversations about things like mental health and self-development and the different topics that can kind of, uh, I guess, impact those two things. The reason I started this podcast is to try and alleviate some of the suffering that's happening out there in silence. Some of the people out there that maybe kind of don't know how to put words to what they're feeling or how to start the conversation or who to even talk to. And so that's kind of my motivation behind this whole movement. If you're down with that, you'll probably enjoy this podcast. If you're not down with that, you might want to listen to something else. But today I am joined by Miss Shanna Chow. She is actually out of the country right now. She's a fellow Canadian, but she's living somewhere else right now. So why don't you just kind of, I guess, tell people who you are, what you're all about and where they can find you so they can look you up while they listen or watch this. Great. I will. I firstly want to say thank you so much, Mark, for having me on your show. Um, my name is Shanna Chow. I'm a dating and relationship coach. I'm also a certified life coach as well. I predominantly help high achieving women uh, after a divorce or breakup heal, feel empowered to date effectively and attract healthy relationships. I want to emphasize healthy relationships. Um, I also do work with men as well, but predominantly it's, it's females. Um, and you can find me on all the major social networks, uh, Instagram, Shanna underscore Chow, uh, YouTube, Shanna Chow, uh, ShannaChow.com, and Facebook, Shanna Chow. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here as well. I want to note one thing I didn't even realize until now. Our backgrounds are like the same color. It looks like we're sitting beside us, each other, but yeah. I, I want to assure people we're not, even though we're not. I'm matter. in Mexico right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's wicked so we can jump into that because I actually am curious about like kind of like I know when you went there but like how you got there and why you're there but we can get into that later but just mm -hmm. before we started recording we were kind of chatting about like kind of a question I was asking you and so I'll kind of preface it just by saying like uh, I've been noticing kind of a trend within like my social group where kind of my friends both men and women are kind of in like a disposable mindset in terms of like anything that they kind of feel like in their life is like kind of uncomfortable or hurting them or just kind of struggling with, they kind of want to just scrap it and throw it away and start fresh with something new. And mm -hmm. I see that tendency in relationships as well. Like I kind of see like so many people that just kind of break up over things that I think is kind of maybe not a comfortable solution or maybe things that might be difficult, but it's definitely fixable. So like, I wanted to get your input on that before we just kind of jump into everything else. For sure. For sure. So, I mean, like, let's go back in history a bit here. Okay. And like, obviously when divorces were mainstream and people decided that they didn't have to live with somebody for the rest of their lives, that trend kind of went into play. Right. Well, let's speed that up into our time frame. And we live in a very disposable society, right? People have a very disposable mindset. You know, people's attention spans on the internet now, I think it's what, like two seconds and you'll go to the next TikTok video, right? So that mindset, that disposable mindset, that gets brought into relationships and dating, right? And the thing is that I find this trend with dating is that people don't want to do the work 
because they don't want to look within themselves, right? So it's so much easier for us to say, oh, this person doesn't do this, or this person doesn't have this, or this person, you know, is this way or doesn't have, you know, this, these finances in place or, you know, they're messy or whatever it is, but we don't work on ourselves, right? So it's so much easier to point the finger outwards as opposed to looking within ourselves. And if people have a tendency to go from, you know, failed relationships to failed relationships, and it's an ongoing cycle, well, there kind of has to come a point where it's like, wait, but who's always in this cycle? I am. <laughs> so yeah, I think you're spot on with that, that people these days, not everybody, but with dating, especially the ways of dating, right? Because with online dating, it's swipe, swipe culture. It's, I can flirt with people from, you know, my couch and my PJs. So the effort isn't there as much. And when there's not as much effort, you don't value it as much. So you don't value the relationships. I feel like they did back in like the 19, you know, 40s when your lover went off to war, you wrote handwritten letters and you didn't see them for, you know, a year. So yeah, it's definitely a trend and it's something that people need to be aware of. Yeah, there's a couple things there I want to like kind of mention before I forget. The first one was you were talking about attention spans. So I feel like you're right. Like so many people have such short attention spans and I used to kind of be like that and I still am in so many ways. So I can't really say that I've beat it, but I feel like there's a weird correlation between someone's tendency to gravitate more towards instant gratification and having a short attention span like kind of not having the idea of delayed gratification being a better option would lead to kind of having a longer attention span, if that makes sense. It's kind of yeah. an idea I'm still figuring out. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I was going to say is I feel like, I feel like you're a hundred percent right as well with uh, like being able to just kind of sit on your couch. But I think that there's a point there that I don't know, maybe you said it and I missed it, but I just always think about, like kind of risk versus reward. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, when you're able to just kind of like sit on the couch and just kind of swipe, 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 whatever, start a conversation, start flirting. Like there's kind of no risk involved. Like yeah. there's nothing like in person, there's nothing like there's a social group that might see you. Cause you know, like, like personally, when I used to go out, mm -hmm. like I would kind of think about maybe approaching a, a girl and thinking like, Oh, but what if all my buddies see me fail at this? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like a huge risk, but that also like it comes with that. If I get a yes to a, Hey, do you want to chat or can I buy you a drink? Then that reward is so much higher. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like now when we do get kind of affection, like I feel like the reward is a lot less as well because we've mitigated the risk. Does that make sense? Is that a real thing? It, it makes perfect sense. Cause there's no, there's no, the effort's not as big, right? you're not putting in as much effort and it's handed to you more, right? Like, you know how, what's, what's the, those studies where they do studies on people that like entrepreneurs, right? People that come from really hard upbringings and don't have a lot of, you know, maybe they grew up very in poverty and they came from nothing. Those are people that usually tend to not always, but tend to be more successful in their businesses as opposed to somebody who's handed a business or is a trust fund baby because they had to work for it. So I feel like you're spot on with that. It's like that risk reward, right? Mm 
You don't have to work as hard for it. And like anything in life with our brains, we always naturally want to go to pleasure instead of pain, right? And pain is not instant gratification, right? Pain is doing the work. So like in relationships, when people give up because things go sideways or they get in some argument or they lead their lives with their ego, that's just going to the easy route, right? The, the harder route is doing the work. Yeah, hundred percent. And so talk to me about like this correlation between, cause you've kind of alluded to it. And this is kind of a lot of the things that I kind of try and talk about, but you've kind of spoken about like doing the work within, like kind of looking mm -hmm. inside yourself. Right. And I think that there's definitely a huge correlation between the relationships that we have maybe with other people, whether it's a partner or maybe if it's just like a friend, but, but kind of like the relationships with others, like exterior and then relationship with self interior. Like, I feel like there's such a strong correlation. So like, could you talk to me maybe more about that? Because I just mm -hmm. feel like when you say it's difficult to look within or it's scary or it hurts to look mm -hmm. within, like those are the things that kind of, I always try and talk mm -hmm. about with like kind of mental health or self-development, but it's so crazy to hear, like, you're literally saying the exact same mantras or the same things but it's mm -hmm. like kind of relating more to relationships. Mm -hmm. So kind of talk to me about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do they say that you're um, the outcome of the five closest people to you, right? Yeah. So if the five closest people to you are, you know, have toxic tendencies or the five closest people to you like to spend their Friday and Saturdays, you know, drinking, binge drinking or doing recreational drug use or whatever it is, that's going to heavily influence you. Right. And your inner world, like what you how you feel inside is a reflection of what you have outside right so if your outside world isn't doing well it's a reflection of your inside world and vice versa so yeah it's not only in friendships but like relationships intimate relationships like tony robbins says the quality of your life is a direct reflection of the quality of your relationships right that's why when people go through you know toxic relationships or an abusive relationship that's why i usually talked in the beginning healthy relationships is because those scars can stay with you for the rest of your life if you don't work through them if you don't relearn healthy relationships and you know proper match selection and how to dissect red flags and walk away and have the empowerment to say no to the wrong things even though you're attracted to them right yeah yeah, kind of like that, like the devil wears Prada kind of statement, like some things are going to be like very attractive on the outside, but there might be a couple of uh, maybe some negative factors that might come into play there for sure. Yeah, well, and it's also like the law of familiarity, right? Like what you're attracted to is many times what you're what's familiar to you. So if you grew up in a household that I mean, I'm going really psychological here, but like if you grew up in a household where, you know, it was a very toxic environment and, you know, your male role model and your female role model, the way that they showed love, it was very volatile and toxic. Well, then you enter your dating life and that's the image you have. And if you don't learn it yourself, you think that that's love, right? So you develop really poor coping mechanisms, emotional regulation and, and all of that. So it's about getting really clear. And like I said, being doing the work to look within. Yeah. Now I've always, um, 
I like that a lot because I like the, the idea of kind of, you know, like we get attached to familiarity. I was kind of talking to like a group of people that I kind of chat with all the time. We were just talking about kind of taking risks this year and how uh, one of my friends, she ended up, you know, kind of sticking it to her boss a little bit and telling her boss like, Hey, I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z, whatever requirements she had. And it was uh, just in terms of like workload and scheduling, but Mm -hmm. she ended up kind of helping her husband make you know his business boom a lot more and now she's making more money than she was making at her job she's dropped down to part-time to do this business and i was i was talking about the reason i bring this up is because i was talking about you know kind of how we get so scared to lose what we have even if we're not happy with it that we Mm -hmm. always kind of cancel out the opportunity to get more or something that we might be more satisfied with Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we so many of us settle. We settle right. in our love lives. We settle in our really uh, like in our relationships. We settle in friendships. Sometimes we settle in career. We settle. Let's look at like the world situation. We settle for legislation we don't agree with. Like many times, people are stuck between a rock and a hard place, and I get that. But it's our egos, right? We're scared. Our our subconscious brain. We don't want to make that leap because it, we're, we're, you know, a voice inside of us tells us that we're, you know, we're not good enough or we can't do it or, you know, the world's against us or whatever. So, so we settle, but when you make those little steps and you slowly make those little steps, you realize that you don't have to settle, right? It's those little, little wins that people need to start doing and celebrating. Yeah. And I think that a lot of it as well, like it kind of comes down to, like, I think that when we are faced with kind of like a fork in the road, right. And say like going left is keeping your life exactly how it is right now, whether you're completely satisfied or not and going right is making a change, right? Like that's kind of the two roads. I think that when we think about, you know, taking the the changing option, we think of, you know, like hundreds of outcomes that would be worse off than what, how we have it currently. But we never really give much merit to the idea that maybe we could have it better. Mm-hmm. Like I think that the familiarity, I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head in terms of like the familiarity of what you're going through right now is less scary than it getting worse somehow, even though you're already not satisfied. Mm-hmm. It's like a good exercise people can do is like, what are you going to think on your deathbed? Are you going to say, wow, I'm so happy I sit at this shitty job for 25 years, you know, making X amount of, on my paycheck and, and, you know, just getting by, or am I going to say, yeah, I lived my life to my full potential, or at least I freaking tried doing it because we all yeah. end up in this place, right? We all end up on that deathbed. So, yeah. Yeah. I always, I think of that a lot, actually. It's one of the meditations I do in the morning is I always think about, wow, I could have died last night in my sleep. Like a lot of my famous, like my favorite rock stars, like die in their sleep. So I always try and envision myself like that. Like, wow, I was granted a new day today. Like Mm -hmm. if this is just borrowed time, how am I going to use it? Like, that's kind of a way I've been trying to think of it recently. Yeah. That's a great borrowed time. Yeah. It's a great, great way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to ask you as well, 
there's this kind of thing that I, it's a kind of a thought experiment I've been thinking about recently. And I think about like the people that are most damaged in society and most successful in society. And you were talking about it earlier with like, kind of how, like a lot of, you know, successful entrepreneurs come from having like a rough upbringing. Mm-hmm. And then you also hear about all these people that maybe have fallen on hard times and, you know, whatever circumstances their life has given them. And we always think like, oh, they had a rough upbringing. And so mm-hmm. like, I've always been thinking about what qualities or what kind of environmental changes, or is it nature versus nurture? Like how do two people that have mm-hmm. rough upbringings, one of them becomes like extraordinarily successful and the other one has a devastating life. You get mm-hmm. the concept what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. But um but but like with relationships I've seen it applied the exact same way almost because mm-hmm. um you know you always hear about this person who has toxic relationships or they're abusive or x y and z and then it's mm-hmm. like oh he came from a broken home and we understand oh, okay so he's picked up those behaviors like you were saying etc. Mm-hmm. But then I I know another guy I got to give a shout out right now to uh Zach from the Plaid Jacket Philosopher podcast he kind of spoke about this topic on my podcast and he says that his his wife and him have both come from broken homes i won't tell the mm-hmm. whole story because it's not my story to tell but the reason i bring this up is because he attributes coming from a broken home uh-huh. to being why him and his wife try so hard to make their relationship healthy in front of their children mm-hmm. so we kind of see the same pattern. Like it's like two people can come from like broken homes and Mm -hmm. one of them goes off and becomes maybe abusive or maybe just tolerant of toxicity from their partner. Yeah. And then the other person can come from a broken home and have this successful marriage. Like what's your kind of take on that? I think that there's so many different things that come to play. Like there's not a, this is the answer for everyone. I think we can look at obviously upbringing. I think we can look at, you know, nature versus nurture. We could look at epigenetics. We could look at the fact of social circles. We could look at willpower. We could look at desire. I think it, what it comes down to is a desire for what kind of life you want. And if you have the self-awareness and the mindfulness to want to make those changes because so many people they walk around within life with masks right like they're not like they're not they're plugged into the system they're not necessarily literally and figuratively sorry to cut you off no worries yeah so (laughs) it's like it's like you know it's easy it's easy to you know just have a couple glasses of wine or a couple drinks or whatever and just not think about things and just let things go so there's so many things at play here, but I think it really comes down to a desire to want to change your life. You can use adversity as an anchor that weighs you down and let that weigh you down and live in that victim mindset, that victim bubble. This was done to me, or you can use that. You can use adversity as motivation, as, you know, uh, the ignition that's going to light up your life and motivate you to change. But many people feel more comfortable talking about the pain and pleasure paradox. They feel more comfortable, you know, living in that victim mindset that this was done to me, poor me, as opposed to let me use this to change my future. Yeah, it's such a crazy kind of topic. I don't know even how this is controversial at all, because I kind of say this thing all the time and it gets mixed reactions. But I always say, like, whether you're 
whether you think you're a victim or not, you're right. So like, I always kind of think of it that way as well. Like I think of, you know, all these people that have been extremely successful that I look up to. Mm -hmm. And I always think about the hard things that they went through. And I'm like, man, maybe I could be like them. Like, that's kind of the way I like to think about it. But then I realized most people don't think like that. They think I could never be like them. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and people that are, you know, like big figures in, you know, online or or what have you, they do it. So people think I could be like them. They see the transformation. They want that as motivation. Right. So, you know, I can think about my own life and like, I can honestly say a large part of my life. I lived in that victim mindset of like, this was done to me. This was done to me, even though I didn't think I was, I was like, I still was positive and, you know, optimistic and motivated and wanted to help people. But when shit hit the fan, my initial go-to was this was done to me, poor me. And it wasn't, wait, what did I do within my life that I got here? Because we all play a role in where we're currently at in our lives, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day, actually. There was some, uh, there was some pretty bad storms actually. And just to kind of tell an example of that recently, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you heard about this in BC, but we had some wicked storms this week. Did you hear about that? Yeah. The, that's right. Um, the state of emergency, that's what apparently BC. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what you were talking about. Then yeah, Yeah. I definitely am aware of that. (laughs) Okay. You're like, I'm not aware of that. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that for sure. I thought you were talking about regarding maybe some other pandemic or emergencies emergencies that have been going on that I'm not really aware of. I tune out to, but yeah, we had some flooding anyway. So we had crazy wind, crazy rain. Mm -hmm. And, um, like literally it it was, uh, to make a long story short, a big tree smashed up my parents' place. And so I was kind of driving there and I was thinking about, you know, what if my mom got hurt or what if my little sister got hurt what if my dad or my dog whatever you know and then I started thinking about the physical like the actual like tangible property and I was like kind of pissed about that and I'm thinking man like why did this happen why didn't the city take care of that tree when we called them why like all of these things and then it literally didn't hit me until I was right about to leave that I was like how could this be an opportunity for a better future And then it instantly shifted my mindset. I was like, wait, this isn't a problem that happened to me. This is an opportunity that's been given to me. Like, this is an opportunity for growth. Like, I I even still, like like you were saying, like, you lived in that victim mindset for so long. I I, I always think of it like I'm kind of like, uh, like, I switch back and forth all the time. I like to think that I'm not a victim. And then the second something happens to me, I'm like, man, why did this happen to me? And then I catch it afterwards. I'm like, man, you're being a bitch right now. Like, <laughs> But the fact that you catch it is what is, is where you got to reward yourself for that. Cause you catch it. And the more you catch it, the, the quicker, the, the less quicker you're going to be to actually go there. Right. But people always want like the fix, the quick fixes. Like, how do I go from a to Z? And it's like, it's the small little steps, like consistency that makes the difference. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so say I like come to you right now, like, um, like kind of like, I want some advice or I want to become one of your clients. Right. And so like, I don't want you to give away too, too much of your own product or services or material, Mm -hmm. but like, I always think of, 
you know, when someone comes to me for advice on mental health or self-development, first I tell them I'm not a fucking doctor, but I'll give you my input anyways. Right. And so I'll give them my input, but the first thing I kind of talk about, and I'm sure this is probably a part of your program as well, but I always say, uh, like you got to take inventory and you were talking about being self-aware or being self-reflective. I can't remember which word you used, but I kind of see all three of those things as the exact same thing. Like it's kind of the same way a corporate company would take inventory of their products. We have to take inventory of, you know, our emotions, our feelings, our behaviors, our habits, and the Mm -hmm. people around us, et cetera. And there's a lot of other factors, but just to take inventory. Um, for me, I use kind of a style of journaling. I also use this as a way to take inventory. When I listen back to the playback, I think, oh, that's the way I think, or that's the way I said this thing. Maybe I need to refresh this idea. But like, what kind of tools maybe do you use that can help someone? Like if they're just listening to this right now, whether they want to improve their relationship or just themselves, like how could they kind of take inventory or be a little bit Mm -hmm. more reflective? Mm -hmm. For sure. So Uh, I work with clients in two ways. I work with clients either privately and private, private coaching packages, which are two to six months in length. Um, Usually single people wanting to find love, but I don't just throw somebody on a dating app. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Like we do that inner work I talked about, which I'll get into self-reflective work. We do the inner work. Then we go into toxic patterns. You go into your relationship history, generational relationships. um, And then we have a dating strategy to get you in front of your dating pool, depending on where you live, matchmaking and all that can be included in that. That's for like VIP one-on-one private clients. Uh, With DFS, Date for Success, my women's only dating program starting in January, we do kind of, it's like a program of that. So there's eight weeks and each week is a workbook along with their 78 training videos, live coaching calls and all of that. If anybody wants information on that, they can go to dateforsuccess.com. Um, but in a nutshell of how I get clients to do self-reflective work, a couple tools that I can give is the first one is to really focus on number one, what do you want? And that sounds so simple for relationships. Like that sounds so simple, but what do you want? And when I work privately with a client, I'll do something called ideal partner exercise. It's an exercise we do in session to get really, really clear. But if you've, if you're single and you've never actually written out on a piece of paper, I'm not saying make a list. Like women are like six feet tall, six figure income. Like, you know, this has like, I'm not saying that I'm saying actually write out, doesn't have to be like a list, but write out like a paragraph. What would your life look like? What would it feel like to be with this person? What would they make you feel like when you're with them? Do you feel safe? Do you feel heard? Do you feel protected? You know, and then what type of values do you have that your partner would have? What type of morals? What's your future life vision? Because many times in particular women do this a lot, you know, they're dating and they're single and they're dating. And then, you know, they meet a guy and he's like, yeah, I don't really want kids. She's like, okay, yeah, awesome. We're great together though. And then it's like, she's like, you know, one day he'll come around. And it's like, you know, three years later, you're having the conversation. He's like, I told you I didn't want kids. And it's like, you've invested three years of your life with somebody. So it's like getting really clear on that is the first thing I would say. Um, Another thing for people in general, 
like people in general in relationships or not is really getting really clear on practicing gratitude because people think that they do that, but they don't. So an exercise you can do depending on what your chronotype is or what, you know, if you're an early riser or night owl, whatever, but every day on a piece of paper, before you leave your home, write at least five things you're grateful for. And like, make it a non-negotiable, like a non-negotiable and do it for 21 days straight. I guarantee you your mood and your energy will be a lot higher and not right away, but it will. Um, So gratitude, practicing gratitude. I work with clients on what I call base. And my philosophy is that if you have, you know, if you've gone from failed relationship to failed relationship, like building a home, you need to pour, you know, a concrete foundation, right? You can't just put pieces of wood and dirt and expect a, like a windstorm comes, it's going to blow it away. Right. And so if you've never done the foundational work on yourself, and I don't mean therapy, like therapy is a great tool and therapy is meant for diagnosis and so forth, but coaching is a little bit different um, because I'm putting you, putting you accountable in real life situations to go out of your comfort zone. Right. But I call it base and it's not B-A-S-E, it's B-A-C-E, but working on boundaries, assertive and effective communication, confidence, empowerment. And lastly, which is so important is emotional regulation. So effective communication and emotional regulation are key not just in dating, obviously, but within relationships. You know, the best skill couples can learn is how to properly fight with each other, right? I love so that. That's, yeah, something I really uh, get really, really clear on, emotional regulation and effective communication. Um, and I have tools I work with clients on how to, you know, step away from their emotions. It's hard, easier said than done. Um, but like, for example, your story with your parents' house and the, and the tree, right? You switching and being like, wait a second, why am I going here? What, where's the opportunity? It's those little wins. The more you do that, the more effective you get, right? Yeah. And I, I always, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to kind of speak more about personal things, but I like the way, you know, I like the way that basically a lot of your your ideologies, your philosophy is pretty much intertwined with kind of mental health and self-development, because what Mm -hmm. I'm picking up from you is the exact same thing that I kind of think as well is you can't have a healthy relationship with others unless you have a healthy relationship with yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I I remember there was a time in my life where I was, uh, you know, uh, a lot younger and I was living at home. I had very little responsibility in my life. I was making a good amount of money and I was enjoying spending it. Right. Like I had what seemingly was everything that I needed. Right. And I remember like thinking, you know, I've got a good relationship with my family. I'm making good money. I'm spending it on the ones that I love. I'm taking them out to dinners. You know, I'm enjoying my, like, there's nothing really that is like, that, sh- that I should feel depressed about, right? And I remember thinking like, maybe if I have like a girlfriend, maybe if I have a partner, then I'll be happy. And I remember mm-hmm. explaining this to one of my friends. She's actually my boss at the time. And she says to mm-hmm. me, something to the effect, I can't remember the exact quote, but she says something to the effect of, 
you know, um, when you are the man to, to, when you are the man that the woman you're looking for deserves, you'll find her. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what she's saying is, you know, you have these expectations of what your partner should be. And I had my expectations. I don't think that they were very healthy ones at the time. But I had high expectations for who I wanted to be with. But what she was saying to my face as one of my friends was, you're not worthy of that person. That person doesn't deserve someone like you. They deserve better. So until you're better, you're not going to get that person. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You attract what you currently are. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And the energy that you give out to people because... Mm-hmm. I was kind of a lot more superficial in terms of how I would quote unquote show affection. Like I said, like I was taking my friends and family members out to dinner all the time. I was buying mm-hmm. them expensive gifts, you know? So I thought like, Oh, I have all this love in my life. Why aren't mm-hmm. I getting, you know, what I'm looking for back. And I realized like those things wouldn't make me happy. They were more like the things that you were talking about earlier, where, you know, I feel supported, I feel heard, I feel safe, like I can be mm-hmm. vulnerable if I need to. And so it wasn't until I started practicing those things with myself that I was able to kind of have better connections with other people. Mm-hmm. Well, you had a, a, a boss who told you what's up, but like didn't tell you what's up. <laughs> but it's like sometimes you need to hear those things, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And it sucked. But and I was so mad at the time because I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean? I'm an all star right now. Like, are you kidding? me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was brutal. It was brutal. But it took a long time because what do you think? Like, do you think that people because like there's always those times where you kind of get out of a relationship mm-hmm. and um, you kind of think like, there's two types of people. There's the type of people that are like, okay, I'm going to be single now for like five years. And then there's other people that are like, I like they, they're so quick to jump into the next relationship. Like what's your kind of take? Like, is there a right amount of time or. I think it totally depends, you know, on each individual relationship, right? Some people are together for, you know, 10 years and the relationship was dead and gone the last two years of the relationship. Some people are together for two years and they were passionately in love and then they break up and the girl or the guy moves on within a month, right? So I think it firstly depends on the actual dynamic of the relationship itself, okay? And then secondly, I think it it depends on each individual person. Like if you have a history of what I call a relationship jumper, going from relationship to relationship because you can't be alone, because you have a fear of being alone, because you maybe have codependent tendencies and you, you know, maybe you have a lot of insecurity that you don't want to be alone. You want to be with somebody all the time. Well, that's something to look within yourself for and be like, you know what? Maybe I should actually be single for once. Maybe I should feel what it's like to have nobody around me, you know, to not have somebody to lean on, to really just be silent in who I am and grow from there, right? Because you develop the most strength and the most power and the most empowerment when you are 100% okay on your own. You're not depending on somebody to fill those those voids that that you're making them fill, right? So that's the other thing I would say. Um, But sometimes, you know, you meet somebody and it just clicks and you're broken up for a month, two months, 
and you're not really looking and then you meet somebody and it's amazing. So it's not like a generalization. I think it just depends. But if you're using it as a way to fill a void within yourself, then I think that's something that you should look within yourself and give yourself some time. Yeah, you're speaking to me right now because that's literally how I was growing up. Like I remember, like uh, I remember literally. Okay, like like um, when I was like 13 or 14, when I first got a cell phone. Like I remember, I was always kind of up texting my friends or talking to people on the phone. Or and then mm-hmm. they had Skype come out too when I was in high school. So I was like fired up about that. And I remember thinking all the time, like, I remember talking to some of my friends and I was like, yo, let's just like chat for like an hour more. I, I can't really, like, I don't want to be like just chilling in my room by myself. Like I had this, so it wasn't even really in regards to relationships or even relevant in my adult life yet. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like this kind of uh, like a fear of being alone with my own thoughts. And I remember mm-hmm. like someone said to me a long time ago, And this was actually more because I was like kind of annoyed with a a group of people. And he was saying like, basically, it was a teacher of mine said, you know, um, if you have the same problem with like a large group of people, like chances are you might be part of the problem, right? Like, I feel like that comes into play with relationships as well, because like, if I come to you right now and I'm like, man, like this ex was so terrible of mine and this ex did the exact same thing. And for some reason I always get cheated on or X, Y, and Z, whatever complaint I have, it's like, well, have you noticed that you're having the same problem with all of your partners? Like maybe you might be contributing to that a bit. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, if it's like repeating cycles of anything in life, right? Like what, what's causing that? What's the causation of that? It's not, it's not saying like if you got cheated on, it's it's you deserve that, right? If somebody got cheated on, I'm not saying you deserve that, but what was attracting that into your life from multiple partners? Yeah, or what kind of behavior? Because I, I, you know, I've even been, I've been cheated on in a couple of relationships. And I remember thinking to myself after like, uh, you know, the first time I was like, man, what a fucking bitch. And I, you know, I was pissed and I blamed yeah. her. And then the next one, I was kind of like, man, that really, really sucks. I can't believe that happened twice. And then the Mm -hmm. third time I remember thinking like, dude, what is it? Like, what is it? Because there's got to be a reason this keeps happening. Like, what is it that Mm -hmm. you're doing? Because I I used to think the same thing, like you said, like, I felt like I, I got to a point where I felt like I deserved it. And I was like, well, why am I deserving of this? Like, what? Maybe I'm not making my partner feel hurt. Maybe I'm not making my partner feel comfortable or, you know, X, Y, and Z. And if I'm not giving them something that they need, then like, maybe that's why they're looking elsewhere. You know, like that was kind of the way, the way I was thinking about the problem for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, when, when women, like when women are married for a long period of time and like, there's, you know, there's many stories like this. If a woman starts withholding sex or just doesn't want to have sex with the partner anymore, just like doesn't do it. And then, you know, her husband of 30, 25 years has an affair or cheats on her. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. He disobeyed your trust, but sex is a fundamental element of a relationship. It's not, it's not something out there. It's part of it. Intimacy and sex is part of a relationship. So, you know, let's think about, imagine you're in a relationship with your husband and you stop talking to you and communicating with you properly, right? You're just not having sex and being intimate with him. So it's interesting. It's interesting for sure. But um, I'm not saying, yeah, like people that get cheated on, it's not like you deserve it, but what was your role in it? 
is a better mm -hmm. way to look at it, right? Yeah, like it will. And it's the same thing of like literally any other problem or obstacle you might be facing. Like if I get fired from my job, you know, chances are maybe I did deserve, but chances are I didn't deserve to lose my job. But there's still like, I, if I look back with objective hindsight, and I'm looking back at things objectively, like factual, true and false, like I probably did contribute to it. It's not that I yeah. deserve to have, have a loss of employment, but it's like, well, you know, you didn't communicate with your boss, you were late sometimes, you didn't wear your uniform, X, Y, and Z, like maybe there was some way that I came into play, like even though I didn't deserve it. So I, I like that. That's actually something I've never thought of before, the like whole idea of not deserving, because I kind of took it a more of like a in, a, in a more pessimistic way. I was kind of like, maybe I did deserve that. Maybe I was being a prick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just I think separating the deserve from what was my role, trying to look at the separation of that, right? Because some things, you know, you can have a role in something, but you don't deserve like what was happened. For example, you know, you're walking down the street, you nudge somebody, and like you put raw walk into somebody, and if they one punch you in your face, well, you didn't deserve the punch in the face, but you nudge them. So maybe you would have, you know, your role in that was you nudge them right did you deserve the punch in your face no you didn't maybe like a, what are you doing buddy or excuse yourself would have been more appropriate but you know so looking trying to actually like step away from the emotions and like look at the big picture um really helps right yeah i think you might have just completely dismantled the entire argument for victim blaming right there with that story right so i love that yeah, <laughs> I think that that pretty much stomps it all out. Shanna, I know, I know you got a, you're, you're an early riser like I am, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I know that. I know. I'm sorry for keeping you up late because I'm an early riser, but I, I'm three hours behind you. So I know that it's getting late for you. So out of respect for your time, I don't want to hold you too, too long. Mm -hmm. um, I did just want to say thank you so much for being here. Uh, that being said, I don't know if you've completed a full episode of any of my interviews. Uh, there, some of them are pretty long, so I don't blame you if you didn't. But I will say this. I do my own intros. I do not do my own outros. So I'm going to pass the mic back to you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to kind of, again, go through, give your plugs, tell people where, where you can be found uh, and just so they can check that out. But the last thing I'm going to ask of you is that you kind of give somebody listening to this right now, maybe like a, a motivating message, an inspirational message, an uplifting message, whatever you want to say, but just mm -hmm. make sure you give a plug to yourself first. And I also want to say that I didn't, I don't know if you mentioned this before, but I know that you have a couple books. Yes. Yes, I do. So I want to hear you plug those as well, because I was interested in those. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So yeah, so you can, Firstly, thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate that. Um, you can find me at shinachow.com. Um, my group coaching program for women to date effectively and attract a healthy relationship that started in January. So to find more information on that, the waitlist is open. So it's www.dateforsuccess.com. Um, my two books, uh, they're books of motivation and poetry. Uh, the first one's called Love Gone Savage. It was in 2017. And the second one is I Tried to Write Love Poems in 2019. Uh, both of those books were really written as a form of healing for myself. 
um, to get through a really toxic relationship I was involved in. Um, so I used to promote the books a little bit more, but the more I look back on them, a lot of it was written from a very victim mindset because it was a form of, of, of release for me. So I used to give my clients like a mailed copy of the books and they'd be like, oh, thank you. I'm like, this isn't, no, I'm, like, I'm trying to coach you to like empower you. So I don't give clients copies, but it's a good read if you are really fresh. If you've just gone through a breakup, if you want to feel supported uh, through that journey, then by all means, give it a read. Uh, you can find both books on Amazon, Amazon and Chapters Indigo Kindle, I believe. Yeah, both books. And your last point about giving a spiel to somebody who's listening or wants some more insight on dating relationships is that we all have the power to change our circumstances. We all have the power to get the future life we envision and want. And whatever you're going through right now, it might feel like it's never ending. You might feel like there's no way out. You might feel like you might should just give up. And you know what? Giving up temporarily is okay. If you feel like absolute shit some days, it is okay to draw the blinds and do you, okay? You know, there's so many life coaches out there that say, hey, like gratitude and this and this. And I talked about gratitude too. But what I'm saying is it's about getting yourself back up. You can go down, but keep on going up. And you might not see the light right now at the end of the tunnel, but I guarantee if you keep on going, keep on pushing through it, whatever you're going through, whether that's heartbreak, relationship issues, you can change whatever you want if you have the desire to want to change it. So I'll leave it with that. I absolutely love that. That's beautiful. And it's Shanna underscore Chow on Instagram, right? Yes. Yes, it is. And ShannaChow.com. There you yes. go, folks. Thank you so much for listening Thank to this. You. Thank you so much for the continued support. Thank you so much, Miss Chow, for being here. ShannaChow.com. That's where you can find her. Thank you so Thanks much, guys. Much love and peace out.